yeah good morning everyone i hope you are you had a good week yeah good so those who don't know me let me introduce myself my name is diraj dilpe i got a wonderful wife louisa and two handsome boys samuel and jeremy they we have been part of king's church from long time so yeah first of all let me apologize for my english which is not that great but yeah i'll try my best and i know you will all help me in this and will support me amen, amen. oh thanks somebody said amen <laughs> or i would need a translator <laughs> yeah so basically i'm from india we've been part of king's church since 2005 so it's almost like 16 17 years now both our children have been dedicated over here at king's and we as a family we try to serve the lord and different areas in the king's church and we find it's really great joy it's a wonderful it's a privilege actually to serve the lord yeah and even today it's a great privilege to stand before you and share the word of god so okay today's passage is a continuation of last week's passage and see what happens further to stephen this passage is about death uh, a martyr a murder is the first martyr actually for following Christ so yeah it's not a very happy kind of story but the person who was getting martyred was not scared or unhappy because he stephen full of holy spirit he was full of holy spirit and he was totally focused on jesus so before we dive into today's passage shall we all pray and see what god wants to speak to us through his word amen let's pray Heavenly Father God we come before you in the name of Jesus and we give this time into your hand we surrender ourselves our life our mind our soul into your hand father you speak to us today through your word fill us with your holy spirit show your grace upon us father change our lifestyle and make it like Jesus thank you father in Jesus name we pray amen amen Okay so today we are going to read from Acts 7:54 to 60. Uh, the verse comes on the screen. Yeah, thank you. So if you have a Bible please open with me. If you don't have please grab one from the back table. It's free. You can take one home as well. I promise it's a really good and useful book which will fill your emptiness. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So Acts 7 5460 When the members of Sanhedrin heard this they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him but Stephen full of holy spirit looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God look he said i see heaven open and the son of man standing right hand of God at this they covered their ears and yelled on top of their voices they all rushed at him dragged him out of the city and began to stone him meanwhile the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul while they were stoning Stephen prayed lord jesus receive my spirit and he fell on his knees and cried out lord do not hold this sin against them when he said When he had said this he fell asleep and Saul 
approved of their killing. Yeah. As you can see, this is a very hard passage. Yeah. But don't worry. We're going to go bit by bit and see what God really wants to speak to us through this incident. So Luke writes here in verse 54, when the members of Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. What made Sanhedrin so angry, so furious? Shall we go a couple of verses back in 51 and 53? Stephen spoke to them, how hard-hearted people you are. You know, their hearts and ears are full, are still un uncircumcised. And further, Stephen also said, you always resist the Holy Spirit. And they betrayed and killed Jesus as well. So he was really hard and speaking to them, to the Sanhedrin. And that's what Sanhedrin were angry on that. So do you remember last week's message where Mike shared, where Stephen was courageously talking to Sanhedrin against Judaism, which is about the land, the law, and the temple. Here we don't know how strong was Stephen physically, actually. We don't know how he was. But it's a similar situation, kind of, for David and Goliath, where David was just a little guy. He was just a small one, but he was totally focused and totally filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was full of trust in the God. Yeah, so yeah, Stephen might be a young man. He was, when he was getting stoned, because he was full of courage, and he was full of power. So just imagine a picture of Stephen standing in the, in the Sanhedrin with uh, shooting their strong arrows, strong words to Sanhedrin, Pharisees and Sadducees, which made them mad. Actually, the, the blood might be coming from their eyes, so they were so angry. You know what? Stephen's sermon was a death warrant to him. But he was standing tall. He was so powerful because he was full of Holy Spirit. So the members of Sanhedrin heard this and they were furious, gnashed their teeth at him. A preacher knows he is in the trouble when the congregation start to flow or disagree. Yeah, but he's in the worst trouble when they start to snatch their teeth. When they grind their teeth, you know, he's in great trouble. Why were Sanhedrin so annoyed? The reason is also in verse 55 and 56. Stephen saw heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Here Stephen described Jesus as the Son of Man. A title referring to the incarnation, the Son of Man. This is a title in referring to the incarnation. We always know that Jesus always referred himself as the Son of Man throughout the Bible. From the, right of the, from the beginning to the end, he's been referring himself as a Son of Man. And even in Daniel, it says, Daniel 7, 13, 14, when Daniel had a dream, it says, In my vision at night, I looked... And there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and souring power. All nations and the people of every language worshipped him. 
His dominion and everlasting dominion was th that will not pass away, and his kingdom is the one that will never be destroyed. So everything Jesus and Stephen, which were, they were proclaiming, was against the Mosaic law, which was given to the Israelite through Moses in the Old Testament. And that's what Stephen was trying to tell the people over there, that what he saw and what Daniel's prophetic dream is, that Jesus is the only one, and he's the only one, the Son of Man. Next, what happened is really unimaginable in our current life, in current time. But in those days, stoning to someone was a very common punishment. Those, those who were accused of adultery, prostitution, murder. Yeah, so it was a very common punishment. But there are some rules. There are some rules and some orders they, the Sanhedrin needs to follow before they do the... Uh, execution. So we'll have a quick look on the rules, what happened or what should have been happened. So it says in the few rules, the capital cases were to follow strict orders with arguments by the defense followed by arguments for conviction, voting for conviction and sentencing. The members of Sanhedrin were to meet in pairs all night to discuss the case. Fourth one, Sentencing in capital was not to occur until the following day. So you can see here the last two things. The members of Sanhedrin were supposed to meet all night before they execute someone. And they couldn't, they're not supposed to do the execution till the following night, uh, following day. So Sanhedrin should have followed some of, some of these rules, you know, but they didn't. They only took Stephen out of the city. All these rules were, didn't happen to Stephen. Can you imagine how Stephen must have felt? You know, in our uh, daily life, we feel the same. Why my manager is always unfair to me? Why I'm always at fault? Why do everyone ignore me? You know, somebody must be feeling that. I know some of must have been in the same situation, but fear not. God is on our side. He fights our battle. In Deuteronomy 3.22, it says, So Sanhedrin's actions were illegal, brutal, immoral, but they did not care. They probably just took him down at the embankment and started to cast stone at him. And not only that, the more stones more great stones came from the crowd. Here's a quote from uh, one of the famous poet. He's from US, he's a great preacher. Um, his name is Frederick Buchner, or Buchner. Uh, it describes the stoning of Stephens. We'll quickly read from that. So, stoning somebody to death, even somebody young as Stephen, healthy as Stephen, it's not easy. You do not get a good job done with first few rocks. And even after you get a man down, it's a long, hard business. To prepare themselves for a workout, they stripped to the waist and got someone to keep an eye on their things when they were through. The man they got for was a fire-breathing, young arch, uh, conservatory Jew man named Saul. 
was there because he was thoroughly approved of what they were doing. So here you can see Frederick, he described the Stephen's stoning. So yeah, you can see at the end where Saul was introduced here. He was a, the persecutor. He was a persecution, a starting of the persecution actually. The Paul who became a Saul, uh, sorry, Saul who became the Paul afterwards. He was a great preacher as well. So further, scripture says, but Stephen, full of Holy Spirit, looked up to the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I can, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Hmm. So in scriptures, Jesus is normally described as seated at the right hand of God. In the Bible, most of the times it's described Jesus seated at the right hand of God. But on this occasion, it says he's standing at the right hand of God. Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Christ came on his feet. Actually, he came on his feet and he's opened his arms to welcome the first martyr at home. Amen. It's wonderful. Stephen knew, Jesus understood his Stephen, uh, servant's pain. Stephen knew that, yes. And he felt he was along with him. The Savior and the disciple were in one spirit and one heart. Further, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Stephen lived a last life of his, uh, last day of his life with remarkable Christ-likeness, and he died the same. So he was totally following Christ, it's even in the last breath of his life. In Luke 23, 46, it says, Jesus, who said on the cross, from the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So Stephen's focus was totally on focus on Jesus as he was waiting to receive him. He knew that Jesus is waiting to receive him. Further, Luke tells us, he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep and Saul approved of their killing. Again, like Jesus, Stephen prayed for the executioner. This is a great unmerited, unconditional favor what Stephen had. Once separated from the life of earth, Christian received an invite to heaven. Stephen lived out Christ's power, the power to do and to be. What God wanted to do and to be, this was Stephen's life. He lived like Christ. His words were exactly like Christ and he also died like Jesus. Amen? So Stephen's death actually was the start of persecution who followed Christ and it also accelerated the spread of gospel from that time the gospel started spreading everywhere in the country in the world i'm not sure you know but the william tandel was burned at the stake for translating this english bible you know he was burned for translating the bible into english actually the reason i'm telling this real incidents 
is just to make you aware how the persecutions are still happening. But we are so privileged, we are so blessed that we are in this wonderful country. Yeah, so just like to share a real story of a missionary who was persecuted in India. It happened not long ago, actually. It's just 23 years back. In 1999, a missionary called Graham Steen, an Australian missionary who had been working in a small village since 1965. He was working with his family in the small village of India in the evangelical missionary in a leprosy care home. However, some Hindu group, there's a big religion uh, group, uh, they, they were forcibly uh, thinking and they were thought that Graham was trying to convert some local people to Christian faith. So they thought that way. But for this, Graham Stain and his two children, Timothy and Philip, they were only 10 and 6. They were attacked. They were burned to death in the van. And while the wife and daughter were at home. So this is a tragic thing happened over there 23 years back. Here are the few last words from uh, Graham's wife, Gladys Stain. She says, It is far from my mind to punish the persons who were responsible for the death of my husband, Graham, and my two children. But it is my desire and hope that they would repent and reformed. Such a great, great Christ-like uh, nature the whole family have. Yeah, the full of love, full of forgiveness, compassion. So yeah, as I said, the persecutions are still happening. Recently, a month ago, uh, just in March, a 50-year-old pastor was shot dead in India in a small town. Very sad, very, very awful actually. Small things are like they're getting people are getting shot dead just to follow Christ. Same terrible thing happened to Stephen's life. So going back to our passage, how Stephen faced all his challenges and how did he react? What do we actually take home from this passage? By the way, this passage is not to scare you. <laughs> Nobody's going to stone you when you go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so, but in our daily routine life, we face many problems, many stones, small stones, big stones. Yeah, from, from our neighbor, from our work people, colleagues, managers, even family, friends. And how do we react in this situation? Do we look like Jesus? Do we act like Jesus? Do we talk like Jesus? Do we really look like Jesus? I'm not talking about physical look, like long hair, with the robe. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but do we give an angry look to someone who messed up your garden or messed up your project? You know. And when you see him, that person next time in the Morrison, you give a big smile, a big fake smile, <laughs> or you just ignore. No. Do we really look like Jesus? Or does our Jesus love reflect 
through you how about our actions do we really act like jesus we come across rude those who make our life hell in our workplace or even if with your children or your spouses or parents in laws how do you act they must have hurted you in the past you know but are we still loving them are we still kind and understanding forgiving funnily actually <laughs> it is a real story what happened just couple of uh, nights back when i was preparing this message it was around 11 o'clock the kids were in the bed and i was getting question every 5 minutes from louisa sorry <laughs> yeah every 5 minutes i was getting question about our work mortgage amazon order <laughs> holidays youth camp yeah etc so every 5 minutes i was getting point but at one point i was really getting annoyed and i started to ignore her and gave some rude answers well by the way she didn't know that i was preparing this message but i realized that i realized my mistake i knew at that yeah i had done something wrong but yes how would i have responded there are some little moments in our life there are big problems in our life how do we act how do we respond to jesus like jesus next thing we are going to really talk about jesus how how do we really talk about jesus do we talk like jesus does our talk change when we go out of in the world because when we in the church we are nice nice words you know but when you go out are the, are, are our words are right do we swear do we gossip or do we struggle even for the good words for others even if they do the wrong things to us do we have good words for them luke 12 12 says holy spirit will teach you at what time and what you should say it says in luke 12 12 i know it is very challenging and it is really tough to maintain our look our act our talk in likeness of jesus and we cannot do it at all every time you know we cannot do that it's for sure we cannot do it on our own strength our own knowledge but we need a holy spirit we need to focus on holy spirit we need to focus on jesus and he will only sustain us to overcome our difficulties amen you know this whole past passage taught me one thing yes we know jesus is the son of man he is uh, god and it would be easy for him to be kind loving always forgiving you know having a good nature but what about stephen stephen had a very close walk with jesus he had a good bonding he followed jesus very closely and even after jesus left the world he was still walking in the spirit he was just following he was always filled with the holy spirit so here's the last thing as the band comes up for the last song are we in the close walk with jesus
Do we have Christ-like Jesus' nature? Are we kind, loving, and forgiving? If you find it hard for, to follow Jesus, or even to look like Jesus, act like Jesus, it can be only become easy if you are full of Holy Spirit. Amen? If anything you can take from this passage, you need a Holy Spirit. We all need a Holy Spirit. And we need to be always filled with the Holy Spirit and focus totally on Jesus. We don't, have, we don't need to die for Jesus, you know. We don't have to die for Jesus. But at least we can live for him. We can live like him. Amen? So why don't we all stand and pray? Thank you, Jesus. And as we focus on Jesus, we'll pray and ask God to speak to us. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this word which you spoke to us today. Yes, Lord, we ask Holy Spirit to come and fill us as Stephen was. You give us Christ-like nature to love one another and to be kind. As we walk out from here, Lord, help us to carry the same Christ-like nature, his image. Jesus, you be reflected in our look, in our talk, in our acts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.